profit is not cash. I'm conscious saying I'm going to launch a Facebook ad today. Everyone can only handle racing. I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in restrictions. What do you actually want out of your business? You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Galilla Springer. For your industry, by your industry. When it comes to owning a business, owning a salon is a pretty safe bet. The beauty industry is a multi-billion dollar growing business. And sure, there are some challenges and things you need to ensure happen for the venture to be successful. But making the dream of becoming a salon owner a reality, whether that's by opening your own or buying an existing business, also comes with a lot of joy and pride. With every happy customer comes validation, tangible proof that you're making a difference in people's lives and often hectic lifestyles. What's beautiful, I think, in this industry is how despite some shared milestones or similarities, no one journey is ever the same. There are so many salons, spa, clinic owners, stylists, therapists out there, each with their own history, relationships, aspirations, and reasons for showing up with passion every day. Setting up a salon or spa business can be a challenging and costly process. Buying an existing salon can reduce the setup costs, but there are other considerations. You're investing and inheriting in a team and clientele that might not fit your vision for the business's future. Uh, You get equipment, branding, existing relationships. Just going through the sale process can be emotionally taxing, taking sometimes months to complete. On the show to discuss her journey within the beauty industry, as well as the hardships and success stories that came with buying an existing salon, is UK-based, multi-award winning salon owner and entrepreneur, Stefania Rossi. I had a great interest in the beauty sector since I was possibly a little girl. It wasn't just about looking good, but it was also that feeling good factor. And and I wanted to, to be an employer that made a difference in people's lives. And I guess that that very much was it was a combination and it went in hand in hand about, you know, wanting to help people. To me, it made sense to actually take over a failing business where I could actually put my own imprint. My, my vision for, for, for the salon was very much about to, to, to make it um, the best reputable and successful salon in the area. And I shared my vision from day one and, and I think... One of the critical successes for me has been having the right people. So having the right team from this, from day one and for them to really um, take on board that they had a business within my business. Stefania Rossi is originally from Italy, but she's lived in the UK from the age of 19. Owner of Utopia Beauty and Advanced Skincare Clinic in Hornchurch, East London, she prides herself on her ability to motivate, retain, and develop great teams. Unsurprisingly, her journey within the beauty industry, combined with her extensive business management and specialist recruitment skills, led her to create Stefania Rossi Recruitment, an international recruitment agency for the hair and beauty industry. It solves a key challenge that most salon owners face, finding talented stylists and therapists. With Hidden Talent, then, another venture of hers, she offers a unique free resource taking support for salon owners to a whole new level, helping to upskill new and existing employees. Hidden Talent combines recruitment and training services, offering a highly successful, value-adding service that matches the perfect salon candidate to the right employer. Without further ado, welcome to Forest FM, Stefania. It's so good to speak with you again. Last time we spoke, I think, was 
probably 2018 or 2019. And I must say everyone at Forest was really pumped to hear that you were coming onto the show. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. Again, I feel so privileged to be um, part of Forest and being able to sort of provide some of the insights about this fantastic sector, which is the hair and beauty sector, which I absolutely adore. I know you're so passionate about it. Every time we speak, every time we, you know, all the feedback that I've heard from your presentation in Spain, it's just the passion comes through. And um, and I'm really excited to dive in and talk more about your journey um, on, on the show. Because what was it? About a year ago, you shared a bit of your journey in the book Beauty and the Best by edited yes. by Susan Routledge, right? And um, and that yes. was like super inspiring. And I, I don't know what the reaction was to that. I don't know if people like reached out to you afterwards. How was that um, for you? It was a fantastic um, journey, actually, to be part uh, and, and be a co-author with another 22 amazing salon owners and uh, and being able to um, to share my journey on um, about four or five pages there and th- and then the feedback was was really amazing quite the task to, to make it so to like tell your story in like such a short amount of space we wanted to you know with, with the book we wanted to give um, an insight about um, you know how inspiring careers can be in the beauty industry and yeah. give an opportunity for, for everyone reading it about what it actually feels like, um, you know, mm-hmm. working in the industry. And um, some of us start at different levels, uh, the, the career opportunities that were provided to us. And but everyone had um, some, some fantastic, in, in inspiring journey to share. So um, I was really humbled when I was asked to, to, to be part of that book. And, and yes, it's been fantastic to be able to say, yes, I've actually co- co-wrote that book and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, shared, and shared my little life experience with, with, with the world, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk more about that. Um, actually, you just, you know, you're, you're talking about passion and how inspiring a career can be. Um, my first question to you is, you know, like taking stock of your interests, your passions, building a life around those things. Like it takes a lot of, you know, I think a good bit of introspection, some quite some intentional work, you know, owning a beauty clinic was a dream that you secretly cultivated for many years before taking the plunge. So what held you back from pursuing it for so long? Um I had a great interest in the beauty sector since I was possibly a little girl. Mm. And and I kind of, as, as you said, I kind of uh, secretly cultivated it. But I loved everything about beauty. And not necessarily, you know, going and, and being pampered in a salon, but very much around um, the well-being, the, the feeling good factor of being in, in the environment, yeah. the wellness and, and the happiness that I felt when I visited a hair in a beauty. Um, salon and I loved pretty much also the impact and and that's what uh, my interest became uh, bigger and bigger in terms of uh, the impact that uh, being in in a hair or beauty industry could actually make you feel so it wasn't just about looking good but it was also that feeling good factor Um, and and um, and also, I, um, you know, the interest grew and grew and grew bigger and bigger um, to the point that, as you know, I, I kind of um, researched very secretly and I kind of retrained and, and I tried to go into every single uh, trade show and talk to any type of experts. And that was very much into, 
in my own time in a way. And and on the same token, um, I guess I wanted also to 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 be an employer eventually, um, and not just obviously work with someone as well. And and I wanted to to be an employer that made a difference in people's lives. And I guess that that very much was it was a combination, and it went in hand in hand about you know wanting to help people. Yeah. Um, what held me back really for many years was the fact that uh, it was um, I was it was a, big, a bigger concern. I I was forty years old. Um, my um, my qualifications were in something totally different. Were in uh, contract funding, um, uh, developing and managing teams, business transformation. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was in recruitment for fifteen years and restaurant management. So there was a little bit of, of a massive concern about how I'm gonna get into the beauty industry and, and perhaps a little bit of, I guess, embarrassment to say, wow, am I having a middle life crisis here? <laughs> <laughs> or, or actually, you know, and, and it was a bit, I felt, is it too late to switch careers? Mm. Um, and, uh, and also, I guess, the biggest factor was living a, a very stable and uh, what I thought it was a perfect career that could have also, you know, given me years and years of success and, and stability. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was obviously a very reliable career. And, um, and and I guess that's what kind of helped me back, you know, kind of, you know, thinking, am I going, am I, how am I going to throw myself into the unknown? Yeah. And uh, what at the time I felt, so it was a bit of a dream, you know, and also thinking, oh my God, I'm, I'm, am I going? Am I ready to invest my life savings into a dream? Did and did you feel? I'm I'm so curious. You know, like if it was a dream for so long, like like you were saying, um, like as a little girl, like why, or or like what held you back from even pursuing that dream earlier on? You know, like when when you started out your career, like was the the hair and beauty industry not like accessible for you at that time or was it no like... I, I think it was you know I was going through the motions and I going I was going through promotions one job led to the other but it was very much potentially I was very much um, more interested into you know the, the, the profiles of those roles and 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 sticking to our new right and I guess the, the culminating point in a very sad way is when I was faced uh, to understand the life was too short. Mm. Um, and 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 uh, and it made me reevaluate my decisions about how I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. and and it was very obviously very sad that I, I lost my sister, and that was the time that made me reevaluate actually, mm-hmm. why not doing it now? You know, uh, I, I, I'm so sorry about that. Thank you. And, and um, you know, my sister Lisa was very much like the, the life and, and soul of a party. She used to be um, very much, you know, the one who used to say to me, life's too short, you've got one. And she was, you know, she was a fantastic personality. She was wild and she was one year younger than me. And losing her at 32 at the time um, was very much about, do you know what, Lisa? I've got to follow my heart and, and I follow my and I follow my dream, really. 
So you left the so-called corporate world where you spent over 10 years, you know, working in senior management roles. Um, and instead of building your own salon, which I think a lot of people tend to do, um, perhaps because it's easier to craft your own vision and, and go with what you actually want specifically, you decided to buy an existing salon, which to me feels a bit more like of a maybe a riskier move, I guess. Um, you're inheriting of staff, you're inheriting of systems, you're inheriting of the clientele. Like if that's not exactly aligned with the vision that you want for the salon, it's going to come with some challenges. So why choose that avenue? And and how did you know that Utopia was the right salon for that specific dream of yours? Yes, crazy, wasn't it, Zoe? Um, <laughs> it was a very risky decision, but I... At the time, I did an awful lot of research as well, because um, given the fact that um, it was a brand new sector for me and and the fact that, um, you know, to me it made sense to actually take over a failing business where I could actually mm-hmm. put my own imprint. Um, and, and certainly in that way, I also was managing my investment as well, because Developing a brand new salon and bringing up, bringing it up from scratch, it would have obviously um, meant that I needed to invest in a brand new uh, uh, outlet, uh, bringing in new equipment, um, start from scratch, and waiting longer to potentially get some turnover in because obviously you are attracting new clients, you have to have additional times in recruitment. Right. Um, so. When I researched what, what type of salon I wanted, I took my time and, and and it made sense for me not to take over a great salon, but actually a salon where I could make a difference and I could get, you know, the staff, the clients, the community involved. Right. And it would be kind of, you know, a, a, a bigger project, but actually a project that I felt it would be a little bit more rewarding. And why was Utopia the one? It just felt it was the one. Hmm. I, I saw many salons, and when I saw Utopia, although it looked a bit shabby and dull, it was a fantastic high street location. Um, it was a massive, like, double uh, windows and three-story building, had massive potential. Um, there was um, a team there that, um, you know, uh, was already kind of, Bringing the, the salon was delivering purely and going all forward just purely because of Dells, really. So um, yeah, I fell in love with Utopia pretty much from from the start, and and immediately I could say I was thinking I can do this, I can do that, and oh my god! So yeah, I, I kind of um, I guess my gut instinct was right. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Sometimes and and oftentimes our gut instinct is right. You just know, and that's okay. You just know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So what was the company culture like when you um, first purchased the salon? Was it aligned with your values? Was it wildly different? Like, how did the staff um, feel about the sale? There was no culture at all. Um, when mm. I took over the salon, I remember that um, it was very clear that the, the previous owner uh, was totally disengaged. The business okay. has been established since 2003, uh, but the, the, the salon owner, I guess, fell out of love for possibly a couple of years before I took over the salon. Um, mm. So there wasn't a, a culture as such, but um, 
the staff were very much left to manage the salon by themselves. And, and, and I could see that there was the, the, the therapist, they just they were doing the best they could to look after the clients. And the right. clients were coming back for the therapists that were so sort of taking care of them. Um, as I said before, the salon was a failing salon and also was a salon that was a victim of massive discounting. Right. And when I mean that, obviously, there was loads of discounts. There wasn't um, a great pricing structure. There wasn't um, an investment in new skills in, ter- in terms of the therapist. There was no um, massive in- investment in terms of equipment or anything like that. Um, but to me, again, that's what made me fall in love with, with the business. I, I could see the potential of, of the team that was already there taking care of, 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 the, of that clientele. Yeah. Uh, in the best possible way that they could, um, and and um, and and the staff in terms of the transition of the sale, um, I was very clear from the start that I wanted a very um, a very fair and very transparent transition with the team. Mm-hmm. So even before I signed the contract, or even before I I did quite a bit of uh, mystery shopping in the salon. <laughs> did you? Where I went in, yes. <laughs> when I went in, and, and I was actual a, um, a a client, and that way uh, become a client. I actually had an opportunity to to speak to the to the to the individuals right. in a different um, you know in the in different treatments. I could get a better feel for what what the salon was like. Yeah. And um, and then when we actually um, confirmed to the team that I was going to be the one that bought bought the salon and was taking over, I was very open. And and what we did was um, I met the team on a one to one basis individually. Right. We had team meetings, so where the actual previous owners introduced me, um, and I had an opportunity to 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 kind of get them to know me. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it was an opportunity for them to ask me questions, right. to feel comfortable. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, it's a two-way conversation. Hey, guys, are you right for me? And am I right for you? Kind of thing. Yeah. But I thought that was the best approach to 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 win the trust and confidence because it must, you know, I felt it must have been so scary for them um, to know have we got a job in the future? Yeah. Are we going to be, you know, are we keeping our contracts? And and, and that was, um, that's why I kind of decided to choose that that way to, to make sure that um, they were part of that transition from day one. And I think that, you know, it's paid off because from, from what I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have retained pretty much the whole team from from when you bought the salon, maybe like two or three staff, I think I've I've heard um, that ha- that have yes. left since. But you know, some were actually just like a change of in career completely. So it seems to have paid off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. And and I'm very proud of that. Yes, we had uh, um, three girls that uh, have moved on over the last uh, nine and a half years, and purely the decisions was for personal reasons or because they wanted a, a change in uh, in career. So. 
um, yes, I'm, I'm really proud of that. And, and in fact, I think the girls kind of uh, the girls kind of still remember the day I took over the salon, and and, the, and they they still remember the day they said, "Who's this mad Italian woman that has just taken over us and thinks that we're gonna be amazing and we're gonna be winning so many awards?" So was that the vision that you yeah. had? I'm taking over, and we're gonna be winning awards. We're gonna you know have that national kind of recognition. My my vision for 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 the salon was very much about to 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 make it um, the best reputable and successful salon in the area, mm. um, with the with the latest equipment, with the the best highly skilled therapists that they could be in the region, and and certainly my biggest dream was also to be um, nationally recognised right. with, with the awards. Um, and I shared my vision from day one, and and I think what paid off, Zoe, I guess, is the fact that I, you know, the team bought into it, and I made yeah. everyone feel part of, you know, everyone, you know, was part hundred percent of the vision, and they are the ones that delivered the vision, mm -hmm. you know, um, so they get all the credit, not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, something that we we tend to, I think. Perhaps this is a, this is maybe just my opinion, um, but I think we 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 tend to overlook when we have the, these conversations. You know, is the community aspect of things like what was the neighborhood like? You said it was on the high street. Was there any collaboration between businesses? Was there any like existing relationships that you could get local support from or rely on for help? And has that changed over the years of owning Utopia? Um, I guess the, the fact that the salon um, has been um, on the high street for many, many years yeah. had is um, always been part of the community. So I was quite lucky to take over. You know, in terms of the location was quite good, um, but I was also very focused about um, tightening the relationships yeah. with uh, with the community and um, and engaging in every possible way we could. Um, and uh, you know, I invited pretty much you know every single trade that was on the same high street to come and try the treatments and also we at, at the salon we also done three charity events big charity events a year right. and uh, I, it was very important for me to make sure that to invite other um other you know the community into into our events whether or not you know it would be the florist promoting they've got a shop down the road, whether or not it's a school that uh, wanted to, to promote certain events, they wanted to in terms of the charity uh, or restaurants and things like that. So we've been very proactive in in uh, in working with um, local trades, local traders and also the community. But at the same token, we've done, um, uh, we've done packages, you yeah, know, uh, we've developed nice. packages, well, uh, for special occasions, say, um, you know, in, engaging sort of vouchers at a restaurant and having a little discount uh, with the florist and then having a treatment with us. Mm -hmm. um, we've been um, linking to other businesses where uh, we've got like um, memberships and our sort of membership, for example, includes discounts with other um, other shops in, 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 in the high street. So I guess, you know, the, the, the working together um, is definitely been um, quite critical in in, uh, in bringing everyone, you know, even, you know, for the clients to see that there is joint uh, partnership and joint collaboration in, in the area. Yeah, I think it makes a massive difference at the end of the day for the clients as well, you know, and it makes it feel so much more connected, so much more um, of a 
like of a home almost, you know, like a hub to be a part of, really. Totally. And I think he also helped, you know, building a stronger position for us, mm-hmm. um, a bigger reputation as well. As I said, we tried to get involved into anything we can possibly do, you know, local hospitals, local schools, get involved in charities where we could donate, things like that. Or if, if someone asks us to, to support them in anything, I, I think it's, it's very, very important doing that. Yeah. So listen, we've talked about culture, we've talked about vision, community, communication. I would love to hear your thoughts on more of the turnaround specifically. Like what were, say, the top four challenges you faced and what were perhaps areas, critical areas for success that you identified and like did they match up and how did that, you know, how did that come together for you? I think in terms of the key challenges, uh, it goes without saying, obviously, having um, increasing the turnover quite quickly was one of the biggest challenges for me. I needed to um, put money in the teal, as simple as that. I wanted to um, uh, make sure that all of my staff had secure employment. Um, and, and, and linked to that, obviously, I needed to, to make sure that I had um, data, so systems and processes where I could they could actually help me drive in performance and see um, it, for the business, uh, for suppliers, uh, stock, and also for the staff to drive performance with, you know, with the staff. So I guess turnover and data was one of the critical challenges that we had. Secondly was to invest very quickly in new equipment, expanding our treatment menu. So getting noticed in, 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 um, in the, around the competition. You know, uh, in, in our area, we've got, I think, over 20 salons in three miles of radius. Oh, wow. So, you know, for us to, you know, we needed to stand up as we're not a failing salon anymore. We are taking over, you know, that discounts culture is going out. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, being noticed and obviously bringing in what the clients wanted us to know. And, and this link to the equipment was also very important to make sure that we were meeting clients' needs and what they actually yeah. wanted and needed. So who was our ideal client was obviously very critical for the team and I to, to identify very quickly. Um, I guess the, 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 fourth, um, the third challenge was also um, in terms of upskilling the team and giving them the confidence um, very quickly um, and the standards that we needed to have, again, um, to become that reputable and successful salon uh, quite quickly. And um, and earning the team respect and managing a young team, I guess, was, you know, was quite important. Yeah, yeah I'm, I guess it came with a lot of challenges <laughs> in itself. Indeed. <laughs> I, I think, Zoe, I was not prepared. I thought, you know, with my over 25 years experience of managing large national teams mm-hmm. um, and, and dealing at every single level, operations director, CEOs, Nothing prepare me for taking over a team between 18 years old and Gonos 50 years old at the time. Uh, and the little dramas that that brought with it. And, 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 you know, at the end of the day, I was learning. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, thinking back, that's now, now sort of nine and a half years, ten years ago. I honestly, I, I you know, I thought that, you know, Dramas were like, you know, we're not meeting contracts performance and we, we're not meeting what, you know, the European social funds is required to do, but not um, what the girls' dramas were in terms of, you know, uh, having boyfriend and girlfriend split taps and dramas <laughs> like that. 
But you know, it's all good. It's all good because, do you know what? We all learn from each other and it was a massive learning curve for me as much as they learned from me as well. So, Yeah. So what would you have identified being like the, the four critical areas for success? Like if we do this, we're going to get that national reputation. Yeah, I think one of the critical successes for me has been having the right people. So having the right team from yeah. the, from day one and for them to really um, take on board that they had a business within my business. So mm. they were not just, you know, for me, the management philosophy was critical. And I think everyone understood that. I'm not just, you know, the owner, you guys have a business within my business. So having the right team to believe in that and to believe in, in, in what we are just about to, to do and, and achieve what was critical. So I think the, the main success is down to, to my team. Secondly is to, to have the right support mechanisms. Uh, and I'm proudly, I could proudly say Forrest being one of them. Uh, they've been instrumental in, in, in uh, helping us, you know, in everything we did. They were the structure what we needed right. and, and all the system and processes that, that we put in place. Um, also, I guess the, the third uh, success was also, you know, surrounding ourselves with um, understanding very quickly who our ideal client was and what they needed, and, and surrounding ourselves with, with the experts and the right partners that we, you know, the right suppliers that could actually help us upskill the team and also help us deliver what we needed to, to deliver in terms of treatments and, um, and customer service and, um, and those really high standards that we wanted to, to have. And the fourth, which is not, last but not least, is... Um, is follow your intuition, follow your gut instinct. I guess that I've got to, 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 to admit that, you know, follow my dream has been a success. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yes, I guess, yeah. you know, always follow your gut instinct and, 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 um, and follow your, a little bit of your dream and what, what your passion is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, you know, once the fire is lit inside of you, it's, it makes everything a whole lot easier, even on the tougher days. But speaking of the tougher days, I'm sure the journey wasn't that easy at all times. You know, I'm sure there was some days where it, it was probably more stressful. Um, there was probably, you know, unforeseen stuff coming your way. Like, how did you cope with those things? I, with stress, I've always had a way to, re to the way I react to stress is the fact I've always been very active. And I deal with, I, I run a lot. Um, so when I'm stressed, I take it out on my legs and I just go and clear my head. But nothing prepares you. I mean, it's been, it's not been plain sailing, as you said. It's been really challenging. It's been hard at times. Um, you know, there's a massive investment. Uh, that, that obviously, you know, it's quite scary. Um, and even COVID, you know, uh, then yeah. COVID hit and for two years was very uncertain. But I, I guess that I, I, I've been very fortunate to build really good support networks around me and lots of um, different support groups and um, groups with fellow salon owners where we could actually um, share the same challenges, share the same pains or, you know, exchange ideas, exchange solutions all together. I think that is actually been hugely uh, helpful. And um, But also, at the same time, I also thought we all... 
I, I've been very good in terms of trying to find opportunities as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. if we think of COVID, immediately it was like, oh my God, the salon is closed. But again, taking a deep breath and then sort of sit back and thinking, actually, there is an opportunity here. Uh, what can we do here? And it's given us time to reassess some of the protocols. How can we be fitter? How can we be better? Um, and it's given us um, an opportunity really to, to do better, you know, in, in certain ways and, and, uh, and identify new working ways, uh, which now we have adopted entirely and actually are more successful perhaps wow. um, that were about five years ago. Um, so yes, I guess you know it's, it's been a combination of having you know uh, people to talk to and uh, you know having the support network, but also time to to to, to reflect on on how we can do better things uh, when when there are challenging times and and when we we're about to and also the resilience as well is giving us time to think about how resilient can we be. Yeah, and, I was going to say, coming up with great ideas while you're running, you know, the, the head's just like kind of clear when that happens. You're just focusing on, I just ex- need to exactly. step in front of the other. Exactly. And, and, and I, I very much adopted the same way. I always think when I run or wherever is your business, there is more inside you. And sometimes mm. when you're actually faced with stress and challenges, you always come up with something bigger and better. Um, so I think it's been, um, yeah, it's been challenges. It's been, you know, some things you want to forget. Some things obviously have been, definitely been proved to be, you know, great, uh, a great way of learning and developing really. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, it makes the, it makes the journey all the more rewarding, you know? Yeah, exactly. And now today you have an award-winning clinic, a highly successful international recruitment agency as well on the side of that within the hair and beauty industry. What's the next like quote unquote impossible dream you want to be chasing? Because you said in the book, dream the impossible is possible. So what's the next impossible dream? (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm basically working on now is, um, a few years ago, when we um, w- when we launched Stefania Rossi Recruitment, which is my mm-hmm. recruitment company, I developed uh, another platform, which is called We Are Hidden mm-hmm. Talent. And that platform was very much about a labor of love, Zoe, <laughs> which I was doing on my spare time. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to develop a platform in response of staff shortage in the hair and beauty industry. So yes. I developed a platform where I wanted to have uh, resources, online resources, content, video, inspirational ideas, uh, and loads and loads of tips how to make individuals more attracted to the hair and beauty industry, mm-hmm. also make them more employable. How can they find us as employers and how can help them progress, whether or not you want to, to find a new job, progress your next career, or actually, I want to write the best CV ever. Um, so that website is, is live, um, but my biggest um, goal in the next year is to work on it and make it one of the most successful resources available to the hair and beauty uh, professionals um, mm-hmm. that are either thinking of entering the industry, so it's going to give them lots of tips, or whether or not they want to upskill themselves or, um, you know, 
um, get them, themselves become a little bit more attractive to us and find us a little bit quicker. So that's my next big, <laughs> big project, <That> Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> you never stop, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> it's great. You're making such a huge impact in the hair and beauty industry. And, you know, very grateful to have you on the show with me today talking about all of that. And uh, yeah, grateful that you chose to pursue your dream because you know what? We probably wouldn't be having this conversation today if that wasn't the case. <laughs> oh, thank you, Zoe. It's been fantastic. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Zoe. Today's generation of staff want to work for inspired and passionate leaders, those always looking for what's next, who support individual aspirations, value flexibility, autonomy, who care about making the working environment better and applying suggestions. If you'd like to learn more about what really makes a difference for salon staff, then I'd also recommend episode 195 of this very podcast. Otherwise, join me weekly on Mondays as we celebrate fresh perspectives and ideas on topics such as business management, marketing, retaining and motivating teams, and generating new revenue streams. Thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show, as well as check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.